0: So this week's episode, we're talking all about archetypes. Do you have a favorite archetype? <laughs> like Frank Lloyd Wright? <laughs> <laughs> <I guess> not. <laughs> no, not architects. Archetypes. Like you know, <laughs> know. forget it. Forget it. Home to stand
1: your ground.
0: Hi, I'm Becca Clegg. And this is the Inner Alchemy Podcast. Join me in conversations with some of my favorite healers and helpers as we explore all the ways we can restore balance within ourselves. The world heals one person at a time, and the healing starts now. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. In this week's episode, we are going to be discussing the healing power of working with archetypes. And our guest today is Katie V. Katie uses scent and symbolism to invoke the sacred self. A poet, visionary, and iconoclast, Katie presents a unique cosmology that helps to connect people to nature and their own nature. Her line of signature archetype anointing oils has been a beloved and potent tool on the altars and in rituals for more than a decade. And Katie's Mystery School. The mystical year has guided and inspired dozens of women toward reclaiming and deepening their own magic.
1: We're so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, my friend, I'm so happy to be here with you. I have
0: been excited to talk about this particular topic because I, as I've expressed to you in the past, adore the idea of working with archetypes to help you go deeper and just connect to yourself and. I'll let you talk all about it, but it is something that I am just really passionate about. So I've been so excited to share this with the audience. And I kind of want to start there because a lot of our audience members might not even be particular with the concept of archetypes. So can you explain that a little bit more in depth for the audience?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I first learned about archetypes when I was in college getting my literature degree. And we would look at stories and the archetypes um, included in the stories in order to understand the deeper symbolism and meaning in the story. So that's the first place I ever saw an archetype. Um, And so archetypes from that perspective help me understand that they are relatable and recognizable. So that's the main Mm -hmm. hallmark of an archetype is that it's relatable and recognizable and and universal. So in mm-hmm. general, an archetype is like um, a bouquet of, of human characteristics or behaviors. Um, so, for example, like mother or artist or in the case of literature, the damsel in distress or the bad guy mm. or the guide. Those are all archetypes. So we see archetypes all over the place. Um, In terms of psychotherapy, literature, in terms of mysticism, like um, mm. the Zodiac is comprised of 12 archetypes or the Enneagram, those are archetypes. So archetypes in general are like a portal into self-understanding, but also profound relatability so that yeah. – I'm a big fan. I'm always saying like, it's a thing, or that's not a thing. So it's like when you find something in yourself, and someone else can say, oh, yeah, that's a thing. That's an archetype. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah that's really, I, I you know, I don't think I'd ever thought about the Zodiac as being an archetype, but you're right, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's universal, I mean, and and everywhere. Um, and I think, remember, as I was learning about them, the thing that struck me is you could go to any culture, anywhere. And find people that could relate to and I just thought, wow, that is like profound. Um, how do you use archetypes? Like what's your process? Because I know you really use the archetype to help people with
1: emotional and spiritual and mental healing. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. So I work with seven specific archetypes, though, as we've just established, there are lots and lots of archetypes. So the seven I work with are um, particularly feminine and they overlay with the wheel of the year, which is an ancient European agricultural calendar that looks at the year as having eight seasons. So the archetypes I work with help people connect in with nature as a whole and their own nature. So it's all about using this language of archetypes to understand um, our cycles, the cycle of the year, the cycle of a life, the cycle of the day, and so on. Wow. And
0: There's so much about that I want to ask you. Um, You know, it's interesting to me because what you're talking about is, in some ways, it sounds like helping people look at their own rhythms and their own cycles and see it through something that's somewhat outside of themselves. Like the archetype itself would be. Almost like personified am am i am I using that word right? I don't want to speak at a turn here. It reminds yeah. me of working with ego states or parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that in therapy a lot. You know, we'll talk about name that particular aspect of yourself and and you know oftentimes people will name it the inner child or that's my adolescent, and it's like it personifies and creates this really I mean character for them to understand themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you see any parallels there?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the way I like to think of archetypes, it's, it's like a sacred shorthand. You know, like you say yeah. one word and it's like an umbrella term for this whole like myriad of behavior and meaning and evolution and um, the place where you are in your life. And so personifying things like um, seasons or psychological states I think is really smart, you know, again, it makes it relatable. And so, mm-hmm. y- you know, while there are, um, there, like I was saying with the wheel of the year, there are eight seasons in the wheel of the year. So if we can look at the season and then we see the mood, uh, or the characteristics of the season reflected in ourselves, um, it helps us to feel connected to the planet. Mm. And then when we see other people having the same experience, it helps us feel connected to, you know, our fellow humans. And so that profound relatability is kind of the key for archetypes. Again, it's like, oh, it's a thing. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. Like right now, we just passed a season called Imbolc or the Holy Day. And so now we're in the season. So Imbolc, the, the last little chunk of winter is like a way it's a way to feel it's an energy level. It's a, um, it's a place in a life cycle. And so w- when we can see that in nature and see it on ourselves and see it in each other, we just feel very connected. It's in, it is crazy. Earlier I was
0: walking the dogs and it's, I don't know what it's like in Asheville, but in Atlanta, it's a overcast, Day, but it's not, it's dry. And I thought, literally, I had the thought, my mood matches this day. <laughs> and I, I kind of have that cozy mood. I'm not in a bad mood, but I really don't want to expend a ton of energy. I'm just, I'm kind of in a very like mellow gray in a good way mood yes. and it's so interesting that you said that because it did feel resonant yes. um just the thought the passing thought i also love what you're talking about feeling connected because i think in our culture disconnection is such a problem and yes. i mean 2020 certainly just highlighted that but i really see that at the depth of a lot of suffering and you know as i witness people coming in with anxiety or depression what role do you see the culture playing in terms of creating an imbalance mm. with the women you work with? What What are your observations?
1: You know, mostly it's around um, the lack of cycles. It's kind of like we live in this mm. homogenous way where there is one pace and one rhythm and one tone. And we're always supposed to be kind of the same way. Mm. There's this real um, like repetitive way to be instead of cycling and, and kind of going in and out and up and down and loud and quiet, you know, just moving and with, with any sort of cycle. So I think, I don't think we are meant to be in any sort of conveyor belt homogenous <laughs> situation yeah. ever. Um, and I think it's quite draining to have to kind of constantly fight against a current or keep showing up in like um, the same exact productive way, for example. So like, I love that you just said, you know, I really resonated with the weather today, but if you'd had like a whole bunch of stuff to do and you were like um, needing Mm -hmm. to be super productive, it would have felt just even more draining. Um, You're so right. You know? And so what, one thing I talk a lot about is just, Um, harnessing the momentum of nature and making it easier. Like when you feel connected to nature as a whole and you can match your energy and your rest and your productivity. um, It's just a a state of ease and peace that I think is our birthright (laughs) to, to cycle and to cycle with nature.
0: That is, I could have an entire podcast. I, I, I want to have you back just to talk about that on this podcast. And I find because all of these questions are bubbling up, like I could not agree with you more. And yet, what does somebody do when they're, you know, maybe they work at a high powered law firm and they're mm-hmm. in the Northeast in the middle of winter, you know, I they're their world does not stop demanding that Mm -hmm. they produce and they produce and they produce. And, you know, it's like, it really is going to require a paradigm shift in order to get Mm -hmm. back to what I agree with you. I think our natural rhythms, um, I just don't think our culture can support. In other words, I think, you know, the two kind of, meet head to head. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in favor of the natural rhythm, that's for sure. <laughs> but, you know, it's like when you think about how people can begin to see themselves, whether it be in a cycle or in an archetype, you know, um, when you're working with people, is is there a place you start? Is there perhaps something you might recommend somebody do who wants to know more about mm-hmm archetypes just from home. I mean, our listeners are probably, you know, recognizing themselves in some of these. Um, What would you say to that?
1: Mm -hmm. I want to say two things about that. Um, Sure. One about the archetypes and then one about multifaceted natures. If I forget the second one, that's Mm. why I'm saying them both.
0: Okay. (laughs) I'll
1: remind Um, you. (laughs) So, To go back to the you know high powered um, person in the northeast um, needing to stay productive, um, the place to start is first by recognizing that um, you are a multifaceted creature that's just is so much more than just one thing. You're more than your job, or that you're a parent, or that you're in a relationship, or that you're you know. Uh, artist or whatever. And so Mm -hmm. when you recognize that you're multifaceted, then for example, like during winter, when we're looking outside and seeing nature resting, you can rest something about yourself. You can have a facet or two that rests and you can really honor the season by letting that facet about yourself rest and, and then staying really productive in your law firm or whatever. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, you're also not homogenous, you know, it's like looking at yourself as multifaceted and then letting something about your life, something about your nature, something about your focus or attention span or whatever reflect nature so that you can participate um, in that connection and in that cyclical nature and, you know, keep your job <laughs> or your relationship that, or whatever. Yeah. That, that is
0: really, I'm going to take that and, sit with that. Because as I asked the question, I was genuinely asking the question sort of Mm -hmm. more rhetorically, but like, what do we as a culture do? But I love that idea of being able to rest something. Mm -hmm. And yet still, it reminds me of that saying, you know, I am what uh, of the world and in the world, or I'm not saying this right. Mm. And of course we're recording, but (laughs) (laughs) The idea that I have to be, I have to play the game while I witness it, you know? Um, Anyway, and, and being able to, to attend to both. Um,
1: That's right.
0: So that is cool. Okay. So you wanted to say something about that. And then you also wanted to mention the archetypes. Oh, the archetypes. Okay. Uh
1: Uh-huh. So as we said, you know, archetypes span a lot of different subjects, astrology, psychotherapy and everything. Um, So I'm Mm going to suggest a place to start, which is my very own website. Um, I have a quiz. Uh, There's an archetype quiz on the website that um, involves using your sensory wisdom, which is one of the key places Mm -hmm. that I teach from. Um, and so the quiz helps you identify what archetype you're most resonant with using your your senses, mostly vision, because you know you're on a a website. But then, mm-hmm. um, then on the website, there's also several little courses that you can take about a specific archetype, one of the seven that I work with, or kind of in general how I work with archetypes. And and one of the unique things that I do. Is um, And this is how I got started, actually, was um, I have a collection of seven different anointing oils that that correspond with each archetype because I have a background in aromatherapy and perfumery. And I really wanted to involve the body and the senses in the relationship and, more importantly, the alignment with the archetype. And so um, if any of the listeners ever have an opportunity to be around the oils, then another fun way to identify with the archetypes is through your sense of smell and tracking your reaction to the, the to the scent of the oils. So I really like to involve, because archetypes are pretty conceptual, but I also really like to include the body um, and the mm. senses in, in that alignment and in, in that recognition.
0: And I love that about the work that you do, Katie, because mm-hmm. I've had the honor of being able to be around the oils and and go through that process with you. And it really is, you're just bringing on online a different part of your, Mm. your psyche when you're going beyond, you know, your cognitive brain and using the senses. And I think it really taps into a part of ourselves that I think, you know, again, we talk about the culture being go, go, go all the time. It's, we don't access through the senses as often, I believe Mm. um, in our culture as, I think perhaps we were designed to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, as I've over the past few years been doing a lot more somatic training, it is Mm -hmm. mind boggling to me how important it is Mm -hmm. that we pay attention to the senses. And so I adore that you bring those aspects Mm -hmm. in.
1: Um,
0: because I think there's so much wisdom in Mm -hmm. our body and in our senses. And we're just uh, many of us, I shouldn't say all of us, but many of us are just, we're just not tapping into it. Um, That's right. And so I really encourage anyone who's listening, who's finding their interest piqued, go over to Katie's website. Did you say what it was?
1: I didn't. It's a riverislandapothecary.com. Okay.
0: Okay. And we will have all of Katie's information in the show notes, as well as on her uh, podcast page on my website. So Mm -hmm. if anybody has links, you know, what I like about, what you offer is it's this different way into, and, and that's one of the things that this podcast is trying to show is there are so many different roads back to your center, back to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's really quite playful
1: mm-hmm. um, and it's
0: really fun. You know, I, I think the, the process of being able to connect with these six different archetypes and use your senses is fun. And, again, that's one of those messages I really want people to know is that healing can be light, it can be fun, it can be joyous. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, on that note, we always kind of end our podcast by having the audience get to know you in a slightly different way. And that <laughs> is through our rapid fire questions, which by now i probably shouldn't be announcing it. Cause most people who've listened are like, I know you do this, Becca. but um, <laughs> <I know. laughs> what do you say? We, we just run through a few um, just so we can do it as an end on the fun note.
1: I'm um, game. Yes. yes. Cool.
0: All right. So if an actor or actress would play you in a movie about your life, who would you cast and why?
1: Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, Drew Barrymore, right? Because oh my we're God.
0: exactly alike.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it! Oh my gosh, he's also a Pisces. that would be perfect. We're the same age,
0: <laughs> really? Yes. Oh my gosh! Yes. So Drew. I didn't know that, but. <laughs> <laughs> energetically you guys are a lot alike that would be perfect <laughs> um okay let's do a little throwback to your younger days was it rollerblading or roller skating for you
1: oh roller skating yes Me? i'm i'm uh, maybe dating myself there a little bit but all of my birthday parties <laughs> like friends my own were at the skating rink like yeah oh yeah roller skating all the way
0: I'm secretly really happy you said that. Not that I would have minded, but roller skating was where it was at, right? Was where I mean, at. couple skate and all of yes, it, yes. yes. Um, and then I ask every member this um, because I want to – well, you know, when I first started asking this question, it was really because I just loved the idea of being able to access your 14 year old self. I suppose in some ways she has become her own archetype on this podcast. But mm. uh, the question is what is one piece of advice that you would give your 14 year old self?
1: I love this question. My piece of advice from right this second is don't be afraid of breakups. <laughs> Just break oh my up, gosh. Just break up, girl, break up, walk away, break up. <laughs> That's
0: you know. I don't think I've ever heard anybody give that advice, but I know where you're coming from.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I've, look out for I've yourself. Set for yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that is you know, and. When we get at some point when we've done a few seasons of this, I'm going to compile all of the answers and put them into a blog post. Cause I really feel like there is some profound wisdom from really cool women that I've collected. And, you know, that is a really, really good one. It's just, you know, I'm going to go off on a tangent for a second, but it reminds me of what you were saying about the cycles and mm-hmm. about how in our culture, we are so driven for movement forward um i was in a somatic class on grief and they were talking about how we're so taught to attach that we grasp and we cling but we're never taught to let go to that's release right. yes and release. how that's part of a cycle yeah mm-hmm. and i love what you were saying about looking at the rhythm of nature and the cycle so i don't know in my mind that just all came together <laughs> So I just wanted to say that because I I was like, yes, you know, like nobody ever gives girls that advice. Well, Katie, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your wisdom with us. And I know that the audience is going to resonate with all of this stuff. So can you talk a little bit more about how people can connect to you and where you are and all the places that is social media?
1: Sure. Yes. Um, So I'm on Instagram as River Island Apothecary and same for Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have a, a weekly newsletter and it's called the uh that comes out and I do some uh, musing on nature and talk about uh, what season is at hand and the ways to acknowledge it and celebrate it and anointing rituals and that kind of thing. So you can get on the Telegram through the website and then... Um, Instagram and Facebook are both River Island Apothecary.
0: And everybody go check those sites and go check them all out because again, you have so much wisdom and this Mm -hmm. topic, I think for me, it feels, it feels warm and like a lost art. And when just (laughs) listening to you talk about it, it, it's like there's some part of me that remembers. And that's what I think I love about archetypes is, you know, we grow up listening to stories and hearing archetypes and not even know it. And when we start to do work using archetypes, we're just tapped into this place that um, I just think, again, is so lost in our culture. So please go check Katie's stuff out. And again, I cannot thank you enough for being here with us today and sharing your wisdom with our podcast.
1: My pleasure. I mean, what a joy to hang out and chat with you. It's, it's, It's so lovely. Thank you.
0: I know. Hopefully one of these days, the world will go back to some sort of semblance of something and I will be up in Asheville. So I will definitely hopefully see you soon.
1: Absolutely. I look forward to it.
0: Okay. Well, in closing, I want to go ahead and remind you of three things you can do if you should so choose. Number one is subscribe to this podcast. That way you can be in the know about all the new episodes we release as we release them. Number two is give this podcast a five-star review if you like the episode and you feel we earned it. Our goal is to bring these conversations about emotional health and healing to more and more people so we could use your help in telling more and more people about the show. The number three is do yourself a favor. Head over to my website, RebeccaClegg.com and download the free ebook all about finding and reclaiming balance in this world. And in these times, I don't know anybody that couldn't use some pointers on that. And as always a huge thank you to Don and Claire, better known as the Ormwoods for donating their single hope Sing" as the soundtrack for the inner alchemy podcast. You can check out their music and videos at their website, theormwoods.com.